The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys. Happy February. We're Howdy. excited to be here today. Scott's getting all into his cigar smoking. We have to go for walks all the time now with cigars. I'm and he sits sure on the porch. T- yeah. Either the tobacco or the Allegra D. I'm not sure what's got me going today. <laughs> yeah, but he's all hopped up. Um... <laughs> So we got a fun episode in store. We're going to talk about things that we like to do with our own personal dogs and maybe give you guys some insight and some um, inspiration to do more with your dogs at home. Yeah, I just stick my dogs in a crate and put them in the closet (laughs) and close the door. (laughs) But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. Allegra and cigars don't hold them back. Uh, The quirky tip of the day comes to you by Starmark, and we love these balls. Oh, my gosh. These are our dog's absolute favorite toys. The ropes are actually not holding up too well. Um, But they're really pretty strong. They are made of a firm rubber. We've given them to the mouths before. I mean, I wouldn't say put your dog in a crate and let them do this. Of course, they can destroy it. It's an interactive toy. Yeah, but they really last long. Um, This one's a little bit small for a dog with a bigger mouth and esophagus and everything else. But this is a great size for most dogs. And if it's on a string, it's a little bit safer. But we love these toys. Both of these balls are probably... I don't know, seven years old? Yeah, it's a real dense foam. Yeah. And um, supposedly better than a tennis ball, that's for sure. Yeah, so better for their teeth, uh, better durability, longer lasting. You can rinse them right off. Nice nice reward toy. Yes, so um, check them out. They're on Amazon. If you're from the Midwest, you call them a (laughs) ball. Scott's learning a lot about how we talk in the Midwest. I would say, though, they come in like a rubbery green. I like this yellow or purple one a little bit better, just as a side note. All right, so what do we like to do with our dogs there, love bug? Besides well, like, stick them in crates. I like to sit out on the porch lately and smoke a cigar with he my really, dog. He really does. He's really into the cigar thing lately. Um, and the dog, he does enjoy it. A little uh, cheaper than a heroin habit. <laughs> a little more socially <laughs> acceptable. Um, and we've been taking cigars even on walks. We've been doing a lot of leash walks with our dogs. Well, the weather's been so great. I can't believe it. It's been such a mild winter that we've been getting out, you know, in these 40-degree days and just going for a walk. Take, a, take our dogs for a, a mile walk and it takes us about 25, 30 minutes. It's yeah. a nice break in the middle of the day. I've been bringing little Gigi out. She's only like three pounds. And uh, we did the math. She's only like 12 years old. So if she lives for another eight years, I really got to get her out and moving around. She's a Pomeranian. So I take her for a little walk. She did a uh, half mile the other day and then I carry her home. But we take, I don't know, any of the two at a certain amount of time. And it's nice to do leash walking because even if you're able to hike with your dogs all the time, the leash walk provides another level of working together and obedience and control and also just them hanging out. But every time a car passes or another person passes with their dog or a bicyclist passes or a runner passes, we just move our dogs off to the side, ask them to sit. Everybody normally makes a big comment about how well behaved they are. But it's important to have good control of your dog, especially if you're going to be walking right on the side of the road. But the leash walks, I'd say we try to get at least three in a week lately. Yeah, and uh, from a training perspective, I've been taking my dogs out on a 15-foot leash uh, just to not have them default into that healing location when I'm not healing them. We're just going on a loose leash walk. I'm just trying to get them out in front of me. They're sniffing the bushes. They're marking. They're just acting like dogs. And uh, totally different than a controlled 
uh, walk, you know? Yeah, we live in a pretty quiet neighborhood, but it's nice then because if they have the freedom and then something is coming, then we call them back in, rein them in and everything else. But it's nice to switch up the groups of dogs we take um, and uh, just get out and get moving a little bit. Another thing that we do like to do is, of course, hiking, but uh, we haven't found a lot of good trails yet in Maine. We haven't I don't looked. Know. We haven't yeah, really looked. Yeah, I got a little bit fearful. They're so into hunting in Maine. You know what I really like to do is take my dog to the dog park. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Don't open up a can of worms. <laughs> it's been an internet, Love the dog parks, an guys. internet sensation <laughs> this week with dog parks and dog trainers. He's joking. We don't go to dog parks. Um, but hiking is something we really do enjoy. Uh, different trails. We used to have this really nice trail near our work that was like a straight trail that you could see and pretty open and everything. Um, but we haven't really... Well, it's been winter, and uh, yeah, and the hunting again. I really it freaks me out. That's right. We had hunting season when we first. Yeah, I gotta get like all kinds of vests. I have one vest for one dog, and it's too big for most of them. So that and it was the holidays, and we had fake antlers we were putting on them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you know anything about me, he's probably not far off from that. Um, we love going places with our dogs, doing uh, some vacations. This year alone, no, we went to... You know, we do so much crap with our dogs, it's ridiculous. We take them swimming <laughs> like once a week. We're out walking with them, throwing the ball for them. And it's amazing they're not more anxious, quite honestly. Well, they, they're pretty level-headed. But the nice thing is, is that we enjoy spending time with them and uh, they enjoy spending time with us. And we try to create some more enrichment than just... Basic pet dogs that go and eat and go out and potty and then lay on the couch all night. Yeah. Let's talk about vacationing. You're hopping around a bit here with your tobacco smoke. So where'd we go up in the White Mountains? Uh, we went up to... Dolly? Um, what by, was, it? What well, was the campground Glenn by... Oh, Dolly Cop. Yeah, Dolly Cop. It was our uh, dog sitter's White, favorite by, uh, campground, too. By Mount Washington. Too. That was I, a that's good one of campground. my favorites, too. I love yeah. it up there. We stayed in a little uh, cabin. It was super nice, and we can do some hiking up there. Cop? Yes. No, we, not, a tent we didn't Cop. go with the dogs there. What was the place we went with the dogs this year? Oh, Glen. It was near Storyland. Yeah, I don't remember what the, the campground was called. But we took a Jackson, few dogs up. Jackson, New Hampshire. Um, and uh, we stayed in a little cabin with a little space heater and did some hiking and sat out by the fire and cooked dinner. And it's just nice to do some things that are a little bit more back to nature with your dogs because you're not really going to necessarily be doing that at home. You might grill every now and then, but you're not actually sitting there and spending time out in the woods reading and everything else. So we like going on vacation. Last year, we brought Scott's dog, Jimmy, down to St. John. That was quite the trip for him. That's not a dog-friendly island, by the way. (laughs) It really isn't. They don't want dogs on the beach. They don't want dogs anywhere, and it's a very small island. Yeah, but we did. Uh, In spite of it, we had a good time, and we we took them everywhere. There is a um, dog-friendly beach that we went to probably more often than not, more often than we would have gone. Well, we found the natives' local beach, uh, which was very cool, because we kind of lived like natives instead of tourists down there. Yeah, Hanson Bay. But we brought Jimmy, and um, it was fun for him, and it was a nice way to see what St. John would be like to have a dog down there because we always dream about moving to St. John someday, but I thought that was pretty irresponsible if we never even had vacation down there with a dog before. The likelihood of having a dog, bug quiet, at least um, one in the next 10 years is pretty high. So we like to go places with our dogs. Um, Swimming, Scott mentioned, we do a lot of outdoor swimming in the summer, although the blue-green algae was a problem this past summer. Yeah, we did more indoor swimming than outdoor swimming this year with the, all of the lakes being contaminated. Yeah, hopefully and all that's less of, of an issue this year. But I was a little bit gun-shy about um, swimming the dogs outdoors. But uh, lakes, um, the ocean really isn't great for swimming. I mean, we're lucky to live near the ocean. We probably live 10 minutes from the ocean in Elliott. But it's just not great with the salt water and the waves and everything else. So we try to find more freshwater swimming. And then we like to do some indoor swimming with our dogs, too. We used to take them to these pools that have, like, 
resistance jets and everything else. But there's a nice local place that we go to that is just a pool and you can throw toys in or bring them around on the outside with a long line. And it's just nice to get them moving. They also have these like self-grooming stations afterwards. So we just head on over and do a bath at the same time. But we like to keep them active and um, they seem to like the life they lead also. Yeah. I mean, we got to give them a bath anyway. So we take them for a swim and then uh, give them a bath and it's a good experience for the dogs. Gives them some exercise, calms them down. They're quieter at home and more relaxed. Yeah, one thing Scott's been doing um, with his mal is treadmill. I don't know, what do you do it? Three, five times a week? Yeah, and I do uh, three miles. It takes, it's about 40 minutes for him at five miles an hour. And um, it's good for him. The dog needs to burn off a little steam. Yeah, and I, I mean, the dog is bred to be doing a lot of work every day, and he doesn't do a lot of work every day. So I got to get out and make his life meaningful any way I can. And Scott's been taking some online classes and stuff, so he puts his earbuds in and can do the class, and the dog's on the treadmill, and he gets quite a workout in. I mean, he's yeah, he tired. Loves it. Yeah, he really he's likes tired. It. Of course, we have a dog tread, which is my favorite dog treadmill, but Scott yeah. props it up. Yeah, and I abuse puts the hell out of it. On an incline. Blocks oh, in the front of it. It's terrible. <laughs> when, it, when it starts making funny noises, yeah, then I'll lower it back he's down. He's like, oh, hon, it's, it was a little weird with the electric. We do have a backup dog tread outside that room because we're that crazy. But still, Scott likes to do that with his mal, and it's a good, you know, 25, 30 minutes that they spend together at least a few times a week. We can't do it too much. Cause well, the- we have a, we have a dog trotter too, which is a belt, a, um, what do you call it? The, um, slat, slat mill type, yeah. which is awesome, uh, for just, you know, getting the dog running fast, 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 but it's a little small for his mouth. Yeah, it's though. a it's little better. bit short for yeah. a good sized dog. Yeah. yeah. I think what do we get a medium or a large? Yeah. I got a medium. Should have got a large. Yeah. It's a little small, belt size, but it's good for, um, my border collie, you just put a harness on them and they just run on that. And that's meant to be at an incline, unlike the dog tread. Um, and then the other thing that we do fairly often and that you should consider doing is just some little training, like just messing around in the kitchen, messing around in the yard, teaching new stuff. We like to use each other if we're working through a problem. The other day we had to scrape um, Scott's Malinois teeth, which was a little oh, bit we tricky. Yeah, we got to videotape that. It went really well. Yeah, it, was, it isn't something I necessarily <laughs> recommend everyone else do, but his dog's a little touchy, and it, he was on a table, and Scott had him on a leash, and I was able to get in his mouth and be on the table, and then we were feeding him raw with a spoon. It did go well, but those kind of training sessions help him overall, help us and us being able to handle him overall, and it was getting to the point where his back molars, I was like, you know, if we wait another six months, we could be looking at a dental here, so we dealt with that, but we make little training challenges for ourselves to work through individually to work through with different dogs that we sometimes use each other together. It's great both being dog trainers because I often use Scott and his dogs as distractions and sometimes vice versa for him. And it's nice. It just enhances the foundation that you have with your dogs. And if you have the time to spend time training, you might as well train as productively as possible. Good time for a little plug on your trick course. (laughs) That is true. That is true. I just released um, my tricks course, caninehealing.com slash tricks, healing spelled H E A L I N G. The description. Listen to description. him with the, the cigar. Between the me. cigar and the Allegra D, he's is, like, this hi. Like, this is like a Jamaican roll. Um, and K9 <laughs> Healing is the letter K and the number nine. I'll tell Ed before we post up the live notes. But that is a good uh, winter activity to do, and a lot of people have had fun with that. It's a mm-hmm. quick little course. I go through all the learning phases with one dog, and then I bring some more advanced dogs out to show you what that's supposed to look like as you progress along. But train your dogs, you guys. These dogs, no matter how unintelligent they seem, they like training. They like the interaction. And uh, training along with the recreational stuff 
is fun and it enhances them in mind and body. Yeah, if you took the average intelligence of a dog and compared it to the average intelligence of a person, they're probably about the same. <laughs> You'd factor in all the people in the world. <laughs> There's genetic defects in all species. All right, guys, after the break, we're going to give you guys a few more tips of what you can do with your dogs this winter and into spring, and we'll catch you then. Does your dog seem anxious? Would you like your dog to relax? Do you want to feel more in control? Would you like your dog to cooperate? HowToCalmYourCanine.com That's HowToCalmYourCanine.com Okay, we're back here on the Quirky Dog Podcast. And another thing I was thinking that I really enjoy doing is expressing my dog's anal glands on a nice summer <laughs> afternoon. I mean, how much fun can that be? Scott does not even friggin' trim his dog's nails. Do not let him joke around. The well, that's because I have a vet tech living with me. Really so. handling the dogs. I never worked at a vet's office once. I don't know if we're going to be able to make it through another podcast after <laughs> this one. All right. Um, one thing that we're really fortunate to be able to do here rather than uh, a lot of the country and something that I didn't understand was so enjoyable was going to the beach with your dog. Oh, my God. Gosh, I mean, when you don't live by the ocean, you're not really frequenting the beach. I'm from the Chicago area. I went to school in Michigan. And um, it's really nice. It's something that you don't want to use and abuse. You want to make sure that you're at the beach, at the seasons, and at the times that they allow dogs and everything else. And, of course, if your dog has an accident, clean up after your dog. But there is fewer. And bring, bring a long line. Yes. There... Bring, like, a 30-foot long yes. line for your dog. If you do not have, like, impeccable off-leash control, your dog should not be off-leash at the beach. But, um... It's like one of my favorite activities probably to do with the dogs. We just walk the beach and the dogs run and they get a lot of exercise and we have toys and sometimes we throw toys. Sometimes they just run around with them. But um, I found that to be very enjoyable and it's normally a good time of year to do that because in the summertime, the beaches aren't open because the public is at them. So it's always a cooler time of year and it's nice to be near the ocean. There's fewer things in life more powerful than that ocean. Yeah, the first time I went to the beach with one of my dogs, I lived in California, and it was down in Del Mar. They have a dog beach down there. The place is friggin' awesome, and there must have been, you know, 100 dogs on this beach, and they're all just running around, and no problems at all. And um, I think that, you know, we don't let our dogs play with other dogs as a general rule, but I think that big, open, vast area is uh, for dogs. It's a much safer area for dogs because they can get away from each other as opposed to a dog park where they're all fenced into this little yard you know but i was surprised how well all the dogs did out there yeah normally people that are regulars at the beach have decent control over their dogs but there are a lot of people that think oh i'm going to go to the beach because my dog has no off-leash control and i'll just let him run and the dog will be safe because there's you know a barrier and the ocean or whatever the setup is like and that's not always the case they're actually the last time we went to the beach down in gloucester there was that lady trying to get a dog for like 20 minutes the whole time we were there (laughs) The dog would stand there. She'd get two feet next to the dog. She'd reach down for it. It would run away. Yeah, and then uh, driving her crazy. We uh, the dog would run towards our dog, so we hiked on the high road. It just, but it did. I mean, I don't know how it all ended up. It reminded me of a lady that came to me for training in California that said, "I took my dog to the beach. It was great." You know, and after a half hour, we decided to leave, and then it took her another three hours to get her dog back. She was so friggin' pissed, chasing that dog around for three hours trying to get the dog back. Yeah, that's similar to what it looked like at Gloucester. We thought maybe we could intervene and help, but then we just went home. She seemed to have it handled okay and fine. Um, Another thing, if you don't have time to 
necessarily do something special with the dogs, but you have to run an errand, throw the dogs in the car. I mean, ideally. Yeah, go for a puppuccino. Oh, yeah. Our dogs love going to Starbucks. It's so funny. They're so conditioned when we're at a drive through window of any sort that they're like, if they're out loose, if they're not in a crate, they're like, ready. Like, it's oh, a good the window way to, opened. Good way to get free food. I went into McDonald's the other day, <laughs> went through the drive through I said, you got anything for my dog? And she looked at me like, do you want some fries? I said, yeah, sure. She's handed us out stuff. <laughs> she handed, she handed so if him you're one. Hungry, she handed him one fry and it went right into my dog's mouth. But um, no, going for quick bye-byes, as I like to call them, it's nice. It's You got to go to the gas station, bring the dog to the gas station. Don't bring your dog to the grocery store and then let your dog bark at everybody else while you're in the grocery store or be pining for you and crying at the window the whole time. But if you have a short little jaunt that you need to go on, go with your dog. Put your dog in the car. And then that's nice. You can practice control to the car, control from the car to the house, all that stuff. That takes all the fun out of it. What the hell is all this control (laughs) crap? Let the dog jump in the car, barking, feed them when they bark. Dogs and being reactive in the car is a big issue. It is. So, um, it is. I'm just joking. If you are having that trouble, we would recommend crating and maybe a visual barrier in the car. But overall, it's nice if dogs can accept being in a car, in a crate or out of a crate. Of course, they're safer in a crate. Sometimes in a pinch, you have to throw the dog in the passenger seat and drive a few miles. You don't want the dog to freak out. You want the dog to be comfortable in the car. Lay down in the car like you would at the house. It's like a couch kind of. Um, and then another thing we do a lot, everybody doesn't have the fortune to be able to do this, but we play fetch their dogs because they're mm. really big into retrieving and everything else. You were going through a Frisbee stage for a while. Yeah. I mean, it, the key there is getting the dog to bring the toy back to you. So you can't really play retrieving if the dog takes it and then runs off and, and doesn't come back. You yeah. Know? That's another good long line situation. Yeah. We, yeah. Put um, a 30 footer on the dog and you can start teaching them to bring it back. When to our you. dogs are real young, we lay that foundation of a strong fetch and, um, you know, coming back to us is more fun than even going for it. And there's a lot of tugging and everything else. But if you are having that problem, a long line and even better, if the dog has any kind of stabilizing like place command, you can use a long line and a place to kind of uh, counteract some of that selfish behavior. But a lot of times it's just a game. You had that issue with Jimmy when he was young and you just have to teach the dog that there's value yeah. to bring in the toy directly to my hand. And if you don't do that, you're not going to play anymore. Yeah, I mean, you need a dog that genetically enjoys retrieving to begin with. If you have a dog that could care less, it's going to be a long road, and it's not going to be fun for either one of you, probably. But my Border Collie enjoyed running out and getting stuff and then bringing it two-thirds of the way back to me when he was four months old. And I taught him a place command to get on a bed, and then that transferred to a picnic table at a park where I could throw a toy out in the middle of the park. He'd run out and get it, and then as he was coming back to me, I would direct him to go get on the table and then I could get the toy back from him and, and continue to play the game. And he was a baby. I mean, he was like five or six months at that time. But he was really into working with me. And um, it wasn't that he was so great about working around distraction using self-control. He just didn't care. He didn't care about ducks, yeah. geese, kids, bicycles. He just wanted to work with me. It was really a joy to have a dog like that, yeah. you know? Made me look good. Scott's just glowing talking about Jimmy. He really loves his Jimmy Chew. Um, well, I had, had several dogs before that that could care less about me. And I, everything <laughs> they did was trained into them. So when you have a dog that likes you, it's pretty cool, you know? <laughs> Another uh, group activity that we partake in almost daily, I'd say, is uh, at night, Scott's big on his snacks. He has uh, nut snacks and whatever kind of snacks he wants. Almond toast. Popcorn. Sometimes he makes, yeah, toast with I almond butter on it. Yeah, so the I dogs be on, the, on the snack authority of the other oh, podcasts yeah. here. <laughs> You're really inviting yourself on a lot of podcasts. So what happens is all the dogs are on beds, 
and Scott's eating snacks. And then he just starts rapid fire throwing the little Almonds tidbits and at, at the dogs. In and fact, they breakfast think, looks the same way. Yeah, breakfast now we have dogs out morning. too. So really, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but mealtimes, we don't really have begging. They're not at our feet begging, but they're very like keen on, oh, daddy's eating. This is going to go good. So whatever you're doing or not doing with your dogs, um, just make sure that the time that you're spending together is fulfilling for both of you. And we can't give our dogs you know, every moment of every day, obviously. And especially if you're working a nine to five job, it's tricky, but we have dogs to enhance our lives. And if your dog is just causing you stress and you're not doing many activities that are enhancing for both of you, try to find something that you can kind of come together on there. Even just sitting quietly for 10 minutes with your dog is important. Like Scott said, now he's into the cigars and he goes out and smokes a cigar with his dog. Just spend some quality time with your dog and really focus on the dog and being with the dog and being in the moment rather than it just kind of being something that you go out with your girlfriend, you walk the dog for a mile and you're talking to your girlfriend, you're on the phone the whole time and you're not necessarily really enjoying the dog as much as you could be. I think one of the, our dogs get a lot of downtime. Like my dogs are in crates right now while we're here on the podcast. So when we do have them out, there's a lot of interaction. There's a lot more attention, you know, and, uh, I think that's part of the reason why the relationship with them is is what it is. They really enjoy being with us because they're not with us 24-7. If they were out all the time, like most dogs, um, it would be harder to get them excited about doing something other than food. Yeah. You know, because it's not special. They're, they're also around. genetically bred to want to work with us, and they're nice, nicely bred in that way too. And they do find us engaging and everything else. But if you uh, can do any of the things that we mentioned with your own dogs, consider it. Um, vacationing is not always super easy with the dogs, but if you're at a pet-friendly place, it is nice to get out and get away and then have your dogs with you, especially if they're well-behaved. So consider some of these things. Um, next week, we are going to have Havoc, well, the great on. Yeah, smokes. I can't handle you with the cigar. It's too much. Next week, we're going to have Havoc the Great, the Instagram phenom here with us. And um, in the meantime, keep it quirky. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.